What if I told you for $1, I would introduce you to many different entrepreneurs this week. From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to many different entrepreneurs and I'll coach you for $1 this whole week. And I'll introduce you to my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you take part of that? Well, go to morningmindsetcoffee.com because that's exactly what we're doing here. It's the only organization that gathers entrepreneurs for the betterment of entrepreneurship every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern. We get together, we're growing, we're learning, we're leveling up, we're building on our network, we're building on our net worth, we're earning, we're reading. We got a book club. You'll see a bunch of entrepreneurs coming together, reading the same books every single day, growing together. You need that environment to grow. MorningMindsetCoffee.com. One dollar. I'm going to give you all of this for one dollar. If you want to stay, great. It's $50 a month after that. But right now, we're still running a seasonal promotion where I think the price is somewhere around $25. So get it before the price changes again. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want. All right? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. So what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, Into the Mind. This is my first time doing it on IG, so I'm excited about that. But this podcast is all about, and by the way, I am reading a little script here. This podcast is all about how we break down and analyze the characteristics, strategies, and stories of successful entrepreneurs, investors, and high achievers to learn from their mistakes and replicate their formulas for success. So I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and I'm a former parkour athlete turned real estate investor and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to become a multimillionaire before the age of 30 so that I can teach others how to do the same. Today, my guest is a good friend of mine who is the living epitome. And like I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget. He is the living epitome of courage, focus, consistency, specialized knowledge, and squatting us squatting up all like married together like and making baby and this man right here. So he at some point a little while ago you decided to block out all distractions hone in on your skills as a sales and acquisitions man. And you went from being relatively unknown to you were the second place champion of the closers Olympics. Now you're running your own personal business, closing deals across the nation. And not only are you doing that, you're actually helping under other individuals, other newer investors do the same. So we're going to be learning all about your backstory today, who you were before real estate, what you're up to now, what your business models looks like, what your mindset looks like, and hopefully we can get a glimpse into the future of what you have planned. So everybody help me in welcoming Munif Saza. So what's going on, bro? Thank you for that introduction. Marlon, you are amazing. For those that do not know, Marlon is one of my good, good friends and mentors. Marlon taught me how to talk to sellers every single Monday for six months. Marlon gave me feedback. We did role-playing and he is one of my biggest mentors and best of friends. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Marlon, for everything you've done for me and everything you've done for the community. And especially this podcast, it helps so many people. Thank you, Marlon. Bro, I appreciate that big time. And it's been a long time coming, getting you on this show because you, no joke, you put in the work. Like, I'm not saying that, like, as kind words, you really showed up every single day. People need to understand that backstory, which is why I'm so excited to share it here today. So before we get into that, I want to know who was Munif before real estate? Like, give us a little backstory, like your origin story. 
So my origin story is I was born in Bangladesh. I wasn't born here. Bangladesh is a country next to India. It floods a lot. The people are incredibly poor, um, malnourished. My, my, my father was born in a village um, and, and, you know, he, he has his own story. I could, I could get into my father's story for hours, but um, basically he wanted to pursue a better life for his family. Uh, we migrated to Canada. Canada did not work out. We migrated here to the United States. Um, I, I, I probably moved here uh, to, to Baltimore, Maryland when I was about five years old. We've been living in Virginia ever since um, we moved from Baltimore when I was about six or seven. I grew up in Virginia. I've spent the rest of my life in Virginia. I thought I was going to be a doctor, Marlon, believe it or not. Um, I thought I was, that that was the path for me. I mean, my parents, um, you know, they were very, they, they encouraged me to pursue um, the, the medical track. I loved it. I love biology. I love science. I love engineering. I went to the biotech program in uh, Osborne Park High School in Manassas, Virginia. And then I went to Virginia Commonwealth University, VCU. I studied under the biomedical engineering program. I got a degree in biomedical engineering. I shadowed a doctor. I was all set, took the MCATs, um, did, did, did all the stuff, right? the, all the things you need to do before med school until I shadowed a doctor for about three months every single day. And I was like, holy crap, I am not doing this. There's no way. It's, it's just not, it, it, it's not, I love science. I love engineering, man. But, but being a practicing doctor, it's, it's not really that much science and engineering like applied. A lot of it is seeing patients um, and diagnosing a patient in five minutes or less, sometimes 10 minutes or less. Right. And I mean, the doctor I, I shadowed, uh, she's one of my role models, um, but she's putting in these like 15, 16 hour days. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm, I can't do this. Right. I don't want to see a hundred patients in a day and just give them 10, five, 10 minutes and just churn them out. Um, you know, like it's, it's incredible, right. What, what they do is incredible, but it's just, it wasn't for me. And I had this existential crisis. So I um, told my mom and dad, I was like, actually, I'm not going to do med school. I'm not doing it. I'm not applying. And they were supportive. They were like, sure. Like, what do you want to do? And I had no idea. Marlon, I was lost. I was lost for about a year and a half. I had no idea, no job from college. They're not really hiring biomedical engineers um, <laughs> by, by the batches. So I, I was lost. I was depressed. I was living in my mom's basement, fresh college grad. I had an engineering degree, but I didn't know what to do with, with it or my life. Man, I, when I tell you I was in a dark place, I was in a really dark place. I was um, just, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd go to sleep at like, you know, eight, nine in the morning. Um, and then I wake up at six, 7 p.m. And I would just like, you know, do distractions, right? For me, like my, my carnal addiction is video games. So that's like, for, for that's like my vice, right? So that just gave me an escape from reality. And I did that for a year and a half. And, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. And one fateful day, I got invited to one of my close friends' graduation parties at VCU. And I, I didn't have any money, right? Like I, I'm not I'm jobless. I'm living in my parents' basement. And I um, asked my dad for gas money, and, you know, to go to my friend's graduation party at college. And so he gives me 20 bucks and I 
kind of calculated. I'm like, okay, I got a little bit of gas. Um, I can spend five bucks on gas. I'll be, be able to go there and back and I can spend $15 at dinner. So I go to the graduation party. We all go to um, get dinner afterwards. And I like look at the menu and I was like, remember, I remember looking at the menu and choosing like the cheapest thing um, I can get and tip and like being able to still tip like 15, 20% and like it being under $15. But then um, somebody asked, somebody's like, Hey, let's get drinks. Let's all, let's all get a, let's get some beer. And I could, I didn't have enough money for like a $4 beer or whatever. Right. So I didn't, I didn't get a beer. And the guy next to me was a recent grad who just got a $60,000 a year job. And he notices, he's like, you didn't get a beer. What's up? Normally, I think I would have lied and made up an excuse, but I don't know why. I don't know what came over me. I told him the truth. I said, dude, I don't have a job. I'm broke. I can't afford a beer. Um, and he goes, dude, no, dude, what? Come on, man. It's, it's, it's our buddy's graduation. Let me buy it. Let me buy your beer. Like, I'll buy your beer, right? And something uh, changed inside of me at that moment. It was his, like, just his unassuming kindness. Like, he didn't have to do that. Um, he doesn't know me. This guy doesn't know me. He's just a friend of a friend. He goes, dude, I'll buy your beer. No problem. And he bought my beer. And I was like, I want to be like him. I want to be the friend that is buying beer for acquaintances and say, Hey, no, dude, don't, not, don't worry about it. Like I got you. I want to be that guy. So the next day I, I was like, so touched, man. I, I wanted to cry, but it would have ruined the moment. The next day I tell my parents, I'm like, mom, dad, like I want to get a job. Like I want to do something with my life. And so I did, I studied, I spent the next nine months teaching myself, um, you know, basically computers and cybersecurity engineering. And I get a, can you hear me? Yo, Munif, I think you cut out. There you are. All right, you're back. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, let me put my phone in do not disturb mode. That's what somebody tried calling me. Yo, this is what happens, by the way, you guys, like phone calls keep coming in when you're helping this many people, phone calls will always <laughs> come in. I, um, my phone's on do not disturb. We should be good to go. Awesome. So, so I teach myself uh, a trade, right? Information technology. I get a bunch of certifications. One thing leads to another. I get a job. I, I move out of my parents and I, I made it, right? I got, I got to get my own apartment. Um, I've got a, a nice paying job. Things are looking good. And then I hit this ceiling in my work. You know, in six months, there's no more challenges to a job. It's just rinse and repeat. And then I have all this free time in my, in my free time. I'm not growing. And I hit this like depression again where I'm like, I'm plateauing. I have free time. I don't know what to do. It. I, I follow these hobbies. Um, I, I'm just like, what do I do with my life? Like, really, is this how much I'm going to make? Like, is this, is this all there is to life? And then I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. That book changed my freaking life. And it's like, holy crap, there's a whole world out there for business and entrepreneurship and all these things. And I actually go to the Rich Dad Poor Dad seminar and um, Elite Legacy. Marlon, you're, you're an yeah, alumni. I'm an alumni. And so me too, right? And so I, I joined that program and I, um, I loved it. Like I was like, wow, this is amazing. 
Um, I, I took the whole one year program and I was, this is my fault. I, I was a consumer of that program. I was not an action taker of that program. So I did not take, I didn't take action. Maybe, maybe it was, I didn't know exactly how to do it. I, I, I just consumed content. I took course after course after course. I didn't talk to sellers. I was afraid of talking to sellers. That was like an anxiety point for me. Like, how do you talk to sellers? Uh, so I did what a lot of people do. I, I, I had an analysis paralysis. I would analyze, analyze, analyze. For two years, I did that. And I, I never made a deal. I never closed a deal. And I, I blamed the program. I blamed, I blamed legacy. And, you know, without criticizing anybody, I, I have to look at myself and say, hey, what did, did I not take action? Like well, I convinced myself I took action, right? I was buying CRMs and underwriting deals and thinking I'm doing all this work. And I spent a lot of time on that, but was I actually taking meaningful action? And I wasn't. And one thing leads to another, and I, I find pace in sub two and sub two is like, we focus so much on seller calls and sub two. Like we do four hours of role play a day just to train on how to talk to sellers. And my first month in sub two, I actually don't go to the daily dial. I'm too afraid to even role play in the daily dial. Um, but then I'm, I'm like, Hey, am I going to be afraid my entire life? Am I going to just be a quitter and just somebody who's afraid to do what he's anxious about his entire life? So I made a promise. I promised myself, I will raise my hand and role play every single day in the daily dial until they ask me to teach in the daily dial. And if I can't do that, I will quit real estate, real estate and business and entrepreneurship is not for me. I will quit this and I will just stick to a day job. I kept that promise. As you know, Marlon, I showed up every day. I raised my hand. One thing yeah. leads to another. Six months later, I'm competing in the Closers Olympics, and I win second place in the Closers Olympics. And just this last week on Friday, I quit my day job. Woo! I saw that, by the way. Congratulations, man. Like, that's a massive step. I mean, that the journey you've been on so far has been absolutely insane. And I want to say this for everybody. Like when Munif was coming in to the Daily Dial every morning, he was literally like the first person in that Zoom call. Your hand was first up every single day. It got to the point where we were like, yo, Munif, you cannot go because we need other people to get practice. And we were like, all right, like who else needs to go? And nobody else would like raise their hand. And we're like, all right, Munif, come back up. Because <laughs> you were just so adamant on getting inside there and improving yourself, regardless of if you had to be a seller, if you had to be a buyer, if you had to give feedback, like you just showed up every single day. And when you first got in there, and this is not like a negative thing, you weren't as seasoned. You were nervous. There was nervous energy in your voice. You didn't mm -hmm. know what to say. You, you knew the information, but you didn't know how to convey it to the other individual. And it just every single day you took the feedback and you came back in the next day, you didn't make the same mistake again, right? Whatever mistake you made yesterday, that was the last time it was made. So it was like, we knew afterwards you were still practicing even after you weren't in front of an audience anymore. After you weren't on the Zoom call, you were still putting in that work, 
which stood out because a lot of times people look at where you're at and they're saying, wow, he's just, it's so easy for him. There's a whole backlog of work that you put in that this is why I'm happy to have this platform right now, which is why I'm happy to have you on here sharing your backstory. I saw Hung earlier say, oh my gosh, I never even knew Munif's origin story because you're like a superhero, bro. Like you are a ninja <laughs> and people want to understand where you came from. So well, I, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of praise, Marlon. Thank you. Thank you. Bro, thank you. I mean, but, you know, I appreciate that, but look, it, I'm not some gifted person. I don't have all this talent. I don't think what people, so I live alone, right? I, I have a one bedroom condo. I actually might move. I might be moving to Phoenix very soon, Marlon. So, I know bro, so <laughs> that'd be awesome. But um, I live alone, so I can do this. I would spend hours a day, whether I'm folding laundry in the shower, you know, when, when you know, I'm, I have the ability to, especially when my business wasn't even a business yet. And I was just very much new and practicing working on my day job typing. I would practice saying my lines. So like I would say, I'd learn a line from the daily dial or like something cool or like, or I got stuck. Let's say, um, I remember one seller call I had when we were role-playing in the daily dial, Lynn, um, money, money, she goes, uh, Lynn goes like, Hey, uh, and she gives me this objection. I, I like froze. Right. And then we worked through it, but then like, I p- replayed that objection in my head in that same scenario, probably a hundred times. And I'm not like saying that lightly. You just like affect it. I'm like, how, like, what am I going to do in a real call? And that objection hits me. And I would just replay it in my head and say a response out loud. And I would do that while I was folding laundry or showering or like, you know, writing an email or doing something monotonous. I would just replay these objections until I felt like I could eat that objection for breakfast. Right. And that's what I did. That's the work it took every single day. I would be, and I tell people this to, to practice saying your lines out, out loud, not that we need to be scripted, but just know how you want to say something and know how you want to deliver it. You know what? I agree with you, right? And here's what I want people to understand. You understand creative financing, right? Like Munif, you understand it. I understand it. A lot of the people in the audience right now are from sub two. You've been educated. You understand creative financing so well. The challenge is you still have to think about creating the deal structure and things of that nature And if you're also having to think about what you need to respond to the seller, your brain can't think about two things at at the same time. So it's important that we recognize if I can make my conversation with the seller go more on autopilot because I've practiced these words over and over and over. It's not that you're on a script. It's just you don't need much conscious energy to now think about your responses that are at some point, they're pretty routine. The, The sellers can only ask but so many questions when they're fitting a stereotype, when they have a certain problem. So you can now focus on what you're good at, which is actually structuring their solution. That's your job. That is what you get paid for. Mm -hmm. You are a solution creator. So I love that you did that. And you said that you actually practiced out loud. You didn't just think the thoughts in your head of, oh, I guess I would respond like this, but you actually repeated it over and over and over and you rehearsed. And that's something I think a lot of people take for granted, the rehearsal, because and I'm sure you can agree with this. I look at what we do here in wholesale and wholesale real estate and just real estate investing as 
a sport. This is our sport. If I were going to be a basketball player, there's no way in heck you would get me to show up to the championship game without practicing. Right. I would go out and I would practice and I'd practice with other people. I would practice every day. I would do a lot of different drills to help me get better at improving the skill. So why don't we think about doing the same thing when it comes to real estate? You did. You not only thought about it, you actually committed to it. Like you showed up every single day. So let me ask you, I'm curious because that takes a certain level of commitment that, you know, a lot of folks don't seem to have. What was it that kept you so committed? Like, did you ever have days where you were thinking of wavering or was there just almost like a pulsating desire to keep going? Both, right? So there's the pulsating desire to keep going and there's days where you waver. Like things happen in your life, in your personal life, things, emergencies happen or stressors happen and you're just thrown off your routine or you're thrown off kilter emotionally. And my job would be, how can I get back? Like, how fast can I get back on track? Like without judgment, without um, feeling bad about myself, feeling sorry for myself, like how fast can I get back? on track some people call that track the grind i don't like calling it the grind because it sounds like um i don't like it Mm -hmm. i actually love it when i'm on track i actually get the most energy i get the most joy i'm so happy and fulfilled uh when i'm off track it's because of some something happened and then getting on track is delayed gratification right you have to get off your bs so to speak and get on track so my mindset would be okay, this happened. Let's say um, I went to my brother's birthday party. We stayed up till two. Um, I slept in the next day. Oh no. Now I slept in. And now I know, I know my old habits. When I sleep in once I sleep in twice. And now I'm not waking up early to go work out. And, and like now I'm sleeping in now I'm not getting, you know, my journaling in, I'm not getting my workouts in. So when I start the day, I'm being attacked with problems instead of me attacking the day. Right. And so when you feel bad, it's usually a a negative feedback loop. And then you want to do something to feel good. So you stay up late, watch Netflix or something. So you distract yourself from the bad feelings and then it recycles. Right. So my mindset would be, how can I get back on track as fast as humanly possible? And that kept going, but there is something there, Marlon, there is a pulsating obsession that was there. So when I was practicing in the daily dials every day, my obsession was to be the best closer I could be. I went from being afraid of talking to sellers. I made a commitment. I want to be the best damn closer I could be. And that was an obsession that I had and that I still have that obsession. I'm still not done. I'm not, I'm not done trying to be the best damn closer I can be. Man. I love that. That was so good. So you all, first off, are going to all need to go and re-listen to what Munif just said, because he really just dropped a gem on you like that. The negative feedback loop and being able to be aware of how when you get into that negative feedback loop, what you end up doing to get yourself out of it, how you end up compromising. And it feels good in the moment, but then it ultimately leads to a bigger disaster or a bigger downfall. That negative feedback loop actually gains acceleration. That is a dangerous territory. And that's where a lot of us find ourselves. I know personally, I have personally experienced that negative feedback loop in my own Mm -hmm. life, which is why routines 
are so crucial. Reflecting is so important. Like he said, he will sit and get himself back to the place where he can journal. He can have his daily workout. He can actually wake up and attack his day with purpose. So thank you for sharing that. And then recognizing that you, like you said, you had that obsession of, I am going to be, I am the best closer, right? And I would say you're not trying to be the best closer. You are actively working and cultivating and creating yourself to be the best closer because trying insinuates you might not make it. I don't see that future. That future of you being there is already here. So you're working towards becoming the best closer. You've always begun to prove it with the closest Olympics. You had an amazing performance there. Since that, right, you're now back in your day-to-day business, right? You run your business uh, virtually mostly, and you also stream a lot of it on Twitch. What right. has that been like? Like, what has life been like since the closest Olympics as you've been going back into your business and streaming it as well? So that's a really good question. So thank you for asking. Um, it was it was overwhelming, man. Like the amount of um, just spotlight the closers Olympics has given me and my business has been overwhelming. The the first week after all of that, I was overwhelmed. I was like, whoa! Like people are hitting me up, people are emailing me, texting me, calling me. DMing me and it's it was just nonstop. People were asking me to get on their shows, their podcasts, their IG lives. And it was cool, but it was just it was overwhelming. It was like I'm not used to this. I'm not, you know, it's 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 cool, but like I not only am I not used to this, I I don't want to get used to this because if I get used to this and it goes away, I'm gonna chase this. I don't want to chase this. Like I'm not here to chase what what's going on right now i'm here to make money that like really i'm here to make i started a business for financial freedom for me and my family right i want to create a legacy i want to help a ton of people doing it right like in my opinion you know doing business with ethics if you do it right you help a lot of people and you make a lot of money and that's what's important to me to secure the financial freedom for me my family my legacy and that's my, that's what drives me. I want to be able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, however I want. That's what I want. That's freedom to me. And so the limelight, that stuff was cool, but I, I very quickly conditioned myself to go, hey, 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 don't get used to this. Don't get used to this. Don't crave this. Don't chase this. Focus, put your nose down and focus. And the next thing I did was I partnered up with Noah Hoffman. You know, Noah, he's a good friend. I love Noah. Us. Yeah. Noah's amazing. He's the Airbnb King Noah. And I partnered with Noah and I've always wanted to work with Noah. I've always been interested in Airbnbs, but I never messaged him. I never hit him up because I had nothing to offer. I had no, it would be, Hey, Noah, I heard about you. I need help. Can you help me? I know you're really busy, but can you help me? And it's like, I didn't want to do that. Um, but I, I met him at the triple digit flip. Um, we're, you know, we're texting, we're, you know, memes back and forth. I never asked him for anything Airbnb related, but in the back of my mind, I I wanted to buy an Airbnb by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I I wanted to work with him because he's the best. And he, he made a joke. He was, he messaged me on, on Instagram. He makes a comment on a post and he says, Hey man, when are we going to JV on a Airbnb together? I I need a reason to fly to Virginia and hang out with you. And I was like, LOL, I'll find one. 
I was on the phone with my cousin Fiaz, who's also in sub two. He's also a real estate investor. You know him very well. Yep. Um, and I go, Fiaz, you don't happen to have an Airbnb, do you? And he goes, actually, I do. Actually, I do. I have one. I was going to take it down myself, but I, you know what? I'd rather just assign this. It's a subject to transaction. We got the house subject to with $0 down at the seller. It's a 2.75% interest rate. Seller just wants to walk away. I will assign this to somebody. You Maybe you can buy it and turn it into an Airbnb. I immediately get Noah on the phone. We do a three-way call. Noah underwrites it on that phone call. He's like, this is a deal. And I go, Noah, if I bring the money, if I bring the money, will you share this with me? We go 50-50. I bring the deal. I bring the money. You bring your Airbnb knowledge, experience, and resources, and we have this 50-50. And he goes, heck yeah, let's do it. In about three days, we secure the funds, the entire entry fee. And then I asked Noah the pivotal question. I go, Noah, why stop at one? What if I keep bringing deals and money? You want to do more? And he answers, F yeah. Yes. <laughs> Noah's got this oh. way of talking. F yeah, let's do it. Now our goal is 30. We want 30 Ooh. by the end of the year. And now we've created this partnership between us. We're calling it STR Bucks, or you can call us Starbucks because we both love our lattes. <laughs> and yeah, we're buying Airbnbs all over the country. Look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but you all asked for it and it's finally here. We finally created a space for us to come together every day and have these kinds of conversations. Not just be a fly on the wall and listen, but actually be in the room talking to one another, throwing ideas back and forth about mindset, business, entrepreneurship, growth, the books we're reading, the conferences we're going to, the conferences we're hosting, everything under the sun that has to do with entrepreneurship. You name it, we're talking about it. That's right, morningmindsetcoffee.com. Every day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern, we're getting together with entrepreneurs from all over the world so that we can grow together. You heard it a million times over. Your network is your net worth. So for $1, you can get into a room that will change your life. What are you waiting for? Morningmindsetcoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Now back to the episode. Yo, I absolutely love that, right? Because there's so much there. First off, there's squatting up done correctly. If you all listen to what Munif really just said, right, Munif, you said, you waited until you had some form of value. You knew what you wanted out of a relationship with Noah. You saw what he was doing. You saw what skill he brought to the table. And instead of just reaching out and just saying like, hey, what's up, buddy? You know, you actually put it in your mind of how can I bring this individual value? And, you know, yes, I'll keep the relationship alive, but I'm not necessarily going to just suck time and energy from them. How can I push value back into their life, right? I know he does Airbnbs. Oh my gosh, let me find an opportunity for us to work together. And now that's blossomed into a full-on partnership where you're actually, you're, this year's goal, I didn't even know your goal was to get to 30, which is absolutely phenomenal, dude. Congrats on that, bro. Thank you. you. Know, so that's one aspect of your business, right? Because that's now essentially the, the side that you're holding for yourself. You also have another side where you actually or maybe, I don't know if you're still doing this, but you 
actually help newer investors by getting on the phone with their sellers and actually converting those deals, whether they be wholesale, whether they be buy and hold, whether they can actually potentially be an Airbnb for you and you can actually buy that deal from the investor. Like, how does that work, right? Like, so for the people that are, that you end up working with, like, what's that process? Like, what sort of, what does that business model look like? Such a, such a great question. So that, that is, those are right now they're one-offs. I've got a, I've got an entire acquisition company that um, works with lead generators. So it's investors who don't want to talk to sellers, who don't want to take photos of a property, who don't want to do contracts, who don't want to do any of that. They don't want to find buyers. They just want to pull lists, text those lists and send them over to us. Right. And so I partner with people like that, but when there's a newbie investor who they know there's a seller who's got a problem, they just don't know what to do. They don't know how to talk to the seller. Um, but they, they, there's like something here, right? Reach out to me or reach out to my team. And recently, uh, Raphael, he's a, I think he's a sub two student. He reached out to me. Um, he said, Hey, this, this one could be a really great Airbnb opportunity at the sellers down at work creative. He's just in a pickle. Can you help me? I said, sure. Call the seller. It's a property in San Francisco and the gentleman's great Irish gentleman. Uh, but he's in a pickle. He's got a tenant in California, in San Francisco, and the tenant refuses to leave. The tenant is a nuisance to him, a nuisance to the neighbors, actually broke a neighbor's window. Um, it's, it's a duplex, so there's a top and bottom. And when he tries to get somebody in the bottom, the upstairs tenant, the problem tenant, actually scares the downstairs tenant away. She will um, make noises. Uh, she will be aggressive. She will... Um, yell at them, say, get out of my house, get out of my house. So she's, you know, causing all kinds of disruptions and he can't list the property with a realtor because there's, you know, California has a bunch of laws and tenants actually have to sign off and stuff. He can't evict her because in San Francisco, tenants have the right to free legal counsel. So he doesn't have attorneys. He doesn't have the money to afford attorneys, but she gets free attorneys. So every time he tries, he's tried three times, they actually take him to court and they beat his butt, right? He ends up settling every time. And it's been, a, it's been a nuisance. And he's like, I don't know what to do. So we structured, a, I spent maybe four or five calls on the phone with them. And we structured a deal where he's going to be signing it today or tomorrow, where we will give him uh, payments on his equity. We'll be taking over the loan he has. We'll be giving him payments on his equity. And we will, we will evict the tenant. We will hire our attorneys and evict the tenant. And we will close after the tenant has been evicted. Dude, so that's creative. You know, because, well, first off, I hope you all can see that Munif actually talks to sellers, right? Like these sort of scenarios, like you don't just imagine, like they, this is what you run into. These are actual problems. And I love the way you structured it where, you created not only the creative financing terms, but you also created a creative option for how you're going to solve the, the tenant issue, making that the agreement, the sale doesn't go through until after you're able to take care of the tenant. That way you're not getting into a sinking ship, which exactly. I think is, so you are putting an upfront investment on investing in your attorney, but you are making sure that you're not getting locked into a bad deal, which exactly. is amazing. 
Right. And that student who brought it to me, I'm going to pay him a $5,000 assignment fee for that deal. So he didn't even have to close it. He's not even going to sell it. I'll be the buyer. I'll buy it. And he'll get $5,000 for just finding it, warming up the seller and bringing it to me. That is sick. So how do people like, how do those sort of students like find you? Or how do those, not even students, but how do those individuals find you? So usually through Facebook Messenger or Instagram, but it's a challenge. And I'll tell you why it's, it's challenging. Some people, some people just don't want to put the work in Marlon. So some people might have a seller they called and they, the seller was just, you know, um, irritable to them or brushed them off. And they're like, you know, maybe they pitch terms, but the, the lead wasn't, or, or the seller wasn't motivated. The seller actually doesn't want to sell. You know, the sellers gave them something like you called me, like, I don't care. Like what's going on. Right. And Maybe they don't know how to disqualify. Maybe they don't know what a real uh, motivated seller is. And so I get a lot of messages with people sending me their sellers to call and it it gets overwhelming. And I'm like, I I sometimes call these sellers and I'm like, Hey, this person doesn't need to sell, doesn't want to sell. And if they ever did sell, they should list it with a realtor. They shouldn't work with somebody like us. Um, the, the people who, whose calls I like to pick up and, and text back are people who have had multiple conversations with the seller. The seller has got buy-in, right? The seller trusts them. Um, but the seller is also in a position where they, they've got a real problem. And they they um, need some experienced help solving that problem. And it's not me to come in and convince the seller to do something, right? I'm not going to convince somebody to sell their house to me on creative financing, Creative financing is a solution to a problem, to a real problem the seller is going through where traditional you know, financing or traditional real estate or traditional listing just doesn't work. That's when I come in. So that's, that's a tough question to answer, Marlon. It really depends on the person who's submitting the, the seller call to me, right? It's, it's hey, how, how much time and effort have you put into this to really make sure that this is you know, somebody we can help and we should help? And I'm happy you said that. And I actually want to just emphasize this right now, because I know a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are real estate investors. A lot of them are newer in the game. And this is a very important differentiation. We do not create motivated sellers. Right. We find motivated sellers and we create solutions. It's really, really important. It's crucial that that understanding starts to get into us. Because oftentimes we think just because a person is the right homeowner, they own the property and they're willing to have a conversation with us, it makes them a motivated seller. But that's not the case, right? There needs to be a problem. There needs to be some problem that you have in your tool bag to solve. You have the right tools that you can fix this. So I love that you said that because Munif, I get that. Yesterday I was on the phone with somebody. Now this was Harvey. Harvey brought me a seller yesterday. Harvey's amazing. Harvey did exactly what you described. Harvey had had multiple conversations with this woman. Her name was Phyllis. It's a seller finance deal out here in Phoenix. He's had several conversations with her. She said, you know what? I normally hang up on people left and right, but he actually was listening to what I was saying. And when I told him my price, he didn't hang up the phone. He says, okay, well, what if I can come up to that? And we began to talk about how we can make this entire situation work. 
but there was a challenge that needed to be solved. Now her challenge, very interesting. She just is like, Hey, I literally just want to get as much money as humanly possible out of this property. And I'm not in a rush. Listen, for some people, that's a problem. And when you mm-hmm. know this, some people are just like, well, look, I don't, this is my hard earned investment. I don't want to lose money to capital gains. I don't want to lose money to uncle Sam. So because we have an understanding, we can solve that problem. However, it's important that we don't imagine the problem. We let them tell us the problem. And if you're going to ever pass a lead on to Munif, right, you please make sure because his time is really, he's giving a lot of value and he wants to help everybody. However, just make sure that you've actually vetted through your lead, that you've actually had multiple conversations. You discovered, oh, there is a problem here. There's genuinely a problem that this person needs help with, and I need help solving it. Let me go to somebody who has spent months now honing their skills, who is in constant communication with this sort of information and problem solving every day. So I just want to throw that out there because you you really do do a fantastic job, man. Thank so, you. I, I learned from the best. I learned from you. Bro, I appreciate that, man. I'm like, I learned from you, man. Like I literally watched, I listened to your calls. I've gone on Twitch and I've watched and I'm like, oh, cool. Like, it's so nice. I'm able to take notes from you as well. So seriously, the feeling is absolutely mutual. So, you know, that's a bit about your business, which I love. And we could talk about your business all day long. However, before we run out of time, there is something that's so important for me that I want to like dive a little bit deeper into, which is your mindset. Because- Dude, I got to say this. There was one night you and I were on the phone and I will never forget this. I was walking around pacing in my kitchen and bro, your energy was just so freaking like strong. Like, I could feel your spirit like in my house. I, literally, like, I was like, Munif is over. Like Munif is in my house right now. <laughs> and it came from what I was picking up on and what I was sensing was there was a strong desire there was a focus and there was a vision. There was in that moment, there was such clarity on where you were going on who you were and what you wanted out of life and out of the current situation. And I was just like, dude, this is impressive. Like it's actually, I can actually feel it. Like that's how powerful it is. And that's something that, you know, I don't think happens on accident, right? You, you came into a deep focus. So Can I ask you, what are you doing for yourself personally to not only hone and create the vision, but also protect the vision and Mm -hmm. ensure that it stays? I love that question. So what, so there's a few things like this is, and there's there's a long answer and there's a short answer and I'll, I'll probably, maybe we can talk another time for the long answer, but you know, I believe human beings have something called an indomitable spirit so i believe that right and so i believe that we have the ability as human beings i believe people are special i believe human beings are special i believe that when we decide when we truly decide nothing can get in our way i really believe that and so i've grown up reading superhero comics and watching cartoons and you know for like american cartoons um, foreign cartoons japanese cartoons all kind of just i love a hero story and what attracts me to the hero story uh, isn't how strong they are 
it's how they don't relent when they're weak, when they're being beat down and they just, they stay the course, whatever their core values are, they stay the course. They are not to be dominated. They, nothing can dominate them. Nothing, nothing life throws at them can dominate them. So I love that. And so when I'm feeling weak, when I'm feeling collapsed, I remind myself of my heroes. I remind myself of what my heroes went through. Well, like one of my heroes is Pace Morgan. Pace lost everything. We know the story. Pace lost everything. He, he was robbed. He had somebody steal everything from him and he did not give up. He actually made, I want to say 10 or 100x more than he ever did before he got robbed. That's the human spirit. And I believe we have that inside each and every single one of us. And that, when I think about that, that gives me goosebumps. Like I get goosebumps thinking about the human spirit. I think about my father and what he did when he was living in Canada, a man with an you know, engineering degree, not being able to find a job. So he delivered flyers on foot for money to feed his wife and kids, but that didn't work out. So he took 900 bucks cash and, put his family in a beat up Nissan Maxima and drove from Canada to Baltimore on a student visa with nothing but hopes, dreams, and 900 bucks in his hand, right? There's something amazing about the human spirit that I think of and contemplate on. And my mindset I have is I will get what I want, which is to be the best version of myself. And I'll, I'll say this, this is, I'm going to get a little esoteric, just a little bit, and we're going to, I'll bring it back. So I believe in parallel universes. I, I believe, I think there's some science out there that says, hey, there's quantum physics. When you go and make one decision, there's likely, or maybe unlikely, another Munif out there. Let's say it's me, and I decide to drink this glass of milk. There's a Munif in a parallel universe who just didn't drink that glass of milk. And that means there are infinite needs. My job is to be the best one. Out of all the infinite Manifs, I'm the best. I will beat the other Manifs every single day. They can come in and they can try to find me and I will beat them. I am the Munifiest Manif. So I really think about that. I really think about that, Marlon. And I think like, like today I woke, I got like two and a half hours of sleep last night and I like, I, I woke up early, I did my morning routine, I crushed my morning. And what gets me, what really gets me going is I think about the other Munif and the other parallel universes that are sleeping in, right? They're sleeping, they're comfortable. And I just pity them. And I'm like, those guys, I pity them. They're not going to get their dreams, right? I'm going to get what I want. Bro, that is powerful. And like, what I love about that is that's you're able to actually leverage that in so many ways where you're not competing against anybody, but literally yourself and an infinite version amount of versions of yourself, which I think it's powerful. Like to have that sort of self-reflective mind to be able to recognize you're not in competition with anybody else, but yourself, what time your neighbor wakes up, what time your friend wakes up, what time your mentor wakes up, what time anybody else wakes up, it's not a challenge, but you thinking what time the other versions of me wake up. There's a version yes. of me that lays in bed till three o'clock 
There's a version of me that lays in bed till six o'clock. There's a version of me that lays in bed till 11 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Which version will I be? There's a version of me that gets out of bed at three o'clock in the morning and just kind of sits up and just stares at the wall. And there's another version of me that gets up at three o'clock and immediately gets at it. Mm-hmm. Which version do I want to be? That is powerful. Like I think if people start to channel that, there there's a game changer there. And recognizing, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this, your spirit, right? Because I think we all understand our spirit is unconquerable. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I I agree with you 100 percent. Um, I'm actually going to share with you later, probably not on this live, but I'll share with you a little later, like what I'm doing right now to actually build more spiritual strength. I do believe this will be the best year of your life if you make it the best year spiritually by learning to tap into that. Um, but I would ask you this question. When people are developing their spirit, is there any way to, in your opinion, to develop your spirit without going through the hardship? I was like, I want to know. Yeah, of course. I mean, typically people don't want to or find a reason to, right? The the hardship typically creates the motivation or the necessary catalyst to undergo some kind of spiritual journey. But let's say you've had a really, I don't know, a really comfortable upbringing and maybe you didn't have much hardship but you can absolutely go through a spiritual journey through contemplation, right? You can contemplate, you can meditate, you can be present to the moment and you can be very, you can really nurture your spirit. Absolutely. But typically people don't, it's kind of like, look, when, you know, the immigrant story, when, when you've got the first generation immigrant that comes in and makes a ton of man, money for their family, and then maybe their children make a ton of money, but then their grandchildren, start losing some money and then their children lose all their money. Right. And so when, you know, you've been giving everything um, sometimes it's actually not ideal for, for us, for humans, when we, when we don't have challenges to our spirit, look in, in, when you culture cells in, in, in a lab, right. You culture cells. If you make that conditions very perfect, they're actually not going to grow that much. If you actually want the cells to grow, you have to actually agitate the environment and stress them a little bit and they'll, they'll multiply and grow. And they, they figured this out. And it's the same thing with humans. I hope everyone's listening to that, right? I hope that really sinks in, right? You don't need your life to be overly difficult. You don't need the underdog story. You don't need to say, well, I wasn't born in the ghetto and I didn't immigrate here from this another country. Although those things can be benefits and those things can be used to your advantage, right? You can also create your environment. You can, is my audio still coming through? Okay. I can't hear you, Marlon. How about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, the AirPods died. So you don't need your environment to necessarily be that way. If your environment isn't producing enough challenge for you, you can absolutely, like Muni said, through contemplation, through creating your own structure and your own routine, create that environment that will grow you. Create that resistance, that healthy resistance, the healthy challenge, the healthy discomfort. There's a healthy level of it. It is a balance. You must absolutely play with that balance and figure out what works for you. However, you will need to do that, just like the scientists in the labs, right? Like they create a stimulus that makes the environment slightly imperfect so that it can be a catalyst for growth. It can be a catalyst for development because here's the thing. Development doesn't happen in a perfect world where 
everything is perfect. There is no need to develop. So I just want everyone to keep that in mind. I want to be respectful of the time because Munif has to get back to work. I also have to get back to work. Um, so, bro, I have two questions that I ask every single person that comes onto this show. Some of my favorites. Um, you mentioned the book earlier. You mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, how that was a catalyst for you. And that's a great book. I think many investors and entrepreneurs have tapped into that book. I want to know, can you name at least one or two other books that have been total paradigm shifts that once you picked it up and you read it, your brain literally has not gone back to being the same. Like you were not able to see the world the same again since. Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. Relentless, Tim Grover. Bro, that explains a lot about your mental state. That like those are amazing books, amazing individuals. Um, so we'll dive into that a little more later. But I want to know this now. Imagine yeah. you go to sleep tonight, and when you wake up tomorrow morning, you are a total blank slate. You don't remember anything. You don't remember the hours and hours of the daily dial. You don't remember elite legacy. You don't remember your journey through college, through school. Like you're just blank slate, Munif. Now, when you're waking up, you're not freaking out. It's not a horror movie, right? It's not Saw. You're not scared. But you do start to blink your eyes into consciousness and a thought starts to come into your mind. And when that thought comes, you just, you go with it, man. Like you just accept it fully as truth. There is no doubt you have 1000% faith in that thought. What would you ideally want that first thought to be? Your life is in your control. I like that. I like that a lot. And also, I got to say, I respect the fact that I have a handful of guests that have come on this show. Well, I have a lot of guests that have come on the show, but I have a handful of them that when I ask that question, have actually taken a lot of time, a good 10, 20, 30 seconds to stop and truly think about what they want their answer to be. So you are officially in that pool of individuals man that's amazing seriously it's a great question i actually i i look at people now and i see how they answer that question and you know they just kind of start to rank in my mind naturally with one another so you're ranked among some greats right now man thank you thank you for everything marlon thank you for having me bro thank you for being on here so for the people that are watching on ig of course they could just click and follow you right now but for the people that are listening on the podcast I want to know after listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, this dude Munif is freaking rad. He's super cool. I either want to connect with him just to see what he's doing and how he grows in the future or to even work with him. How can they find you? How, how can someone like get a hold of you? Just follow me at, on Instagram. It's at Munif Saza. I'm the only one Munif Saza in the world. So super easy to find me at Munif Saza. Awesome. So Everybody, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm going to have that in the description below. You'll easily be able to go and find him, plug in with him, connect with him. 
the content that he puts out is absolutely phenomenal. In fact, your Instagram has been getting like cooler and cooler. I love the the tips and tricks that you put on there. It's like, I really do appreciate seeing those. And like, they're good reminders, even like for me, like I know the stuff that you're putting and it's still really good for me to be reminded and to have that in my virtual environment. So I appreciate you for putting out the content that you do. I appreciate you for putting out the help that you do for what you do for the community. When you do the Twitch calls, when you call people, sell it live. I mean, that is people charge like $10,000 to be in a mentorship just to show you how they talk to a seller and you go on and do it for free and stream it on Twitch every day. Well, I don't know if you're doing it every day anymore, but you do it really often, bro. So Thank I you. appreciate you that big uh, Appreciate you big time for that. And I want to say thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Marlon. Guys, if you're watching this, you don't follow Marlon, please go ahead and give him a like and a follow. Thank you, Marlon. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, bro. We'll definitely connect again soon. Will do. All right, everybody. So that is our show for today. That is my guest, Munif Saza. Munif is absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate him for an hour out of his day. Hopefully you all got a lot out of that episode. Like I said, this is my first time streaming the episode live on IG. It's also going to be dropping on the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. The link is in my bio if you want to go and listen to more episodes like this. And I appreciate everyone that's been hanging out in the comments section. Hopefully your mind is just as blown by seeing the focus and dedication that Munif has. It is seriously, it's something amazing. You don't get that often with a lot of people. So plug in with him, connect to him, and I will see you for the next episode of Into the Mind. Appreciate you. Awesome. See you there, Marlon. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.